to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Stark. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with an er at the end of its title is welcome here on the board game community show. Welcome back to the Board Game Community Show. It is almost October. Actually, it might be October by the time this airs. And that means it's exactly midway through the year. So I brought Tim from Board Game Hot Takes and Phil from Organized Fun to, you know, catch up on how our New Year's resolutions are doing. How are you both doing? Doing well. Resolutions, not so great. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I, I'm all right, I reckon, resolution-wise. I think just like I completely forgot what I said, but now you've reminded me, Riley, I, I'm not doing so bad. Yeah, I had to go back and listen to it, and I wrote down all of our resolutions. I thought that I only had like two or three more resolutions than you all. Uh, no, I had nine. Phil had three. Tim had four. So, oh... <laughs> You're you're ambitious. That's good. That's good to be ambitious. Yeah. How's the year been for you? How's 2022 been for all of you? Not, well, you know, we won't get into the resolutions yet, but distinctly average, I would say. <laughs> I think in general, it's gone really well for me. I'm, it's been a good year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'd say it's a good year. Good. What about you, Riley? I, yeah, I've been having fun. It's been a great year. Ready for this? I'm ready. Yes. I, I was born ready, would you believe? Uh, I do not believe. (laughs) So I will start and I'm just because I have so many, uh, you know, we'll be selfish and I'll do two of them and then we'll do Tim one and then Phil one uh, and cycle through that way. I've got my first one going to a con outside of Utah. Unsuccessful. Yet. Yet. But do you have one in the plans for the rest of the year? Are you going to make this one happen? No, no. <laughs> I don't think this one will happen. <laughs> Unless there's one that's like in Idaho or Colorado that's in driving distance. How far is uh, Vegas from you? You're not too far from Vegas, are you? Yeah, like five hours. Yeah. I, isn't it like big world gaming, world uh, world series of board gaming happening in Vegas soon? Or did that happen already? Do you guys hear about what? that? No. Yeah, they're, they're doing I, several podcasts I listen to, I think must have been invited to market it because they've been talking up every episode. But they have this big World Series of board gaming that's happening for the first time this year. And they try to make it like this big ordeal as they've invited a bunch of content creators to, um, you know, to be there and kind of like present or play in the games. And they were giving away entries. But apparently you can pay to register for like your, your favorite game to play in a tournament and then it's like cash prizes kind of like world series of poker type of thing but they got some pretty fun games in there they've got some of the classics like ticket to ride and Catan, but they also have things like blood rage and i think scythe is in there so yeah maybe maybe you could uh, look that up and get out to that riley and, and wow you know based on your winning record of games with me i feel like you do pretty well in it <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to brag. Actually, today I was listening to that episode and you were talking about like your win ratio. Mm -hmm. So I went and looked mine up and it's like 57% of all my games, which is pretty good if you think about like, you know, two to four players or five players on some. So yeah, that's great. Good about that. That Mm -hmm. begs the question then, if you guys could pick any game to enter yourself into the World Series for, like, which do you think you would stand the best chance at taking home the dollar? I think I'd have to call Everdell, but I don't actually know if I'm that good at playing it because I mostly play with people that don't care as much as I do about it. So I, <laughs> I have a pretty high win percentage with my group, probably a 95% win rate, but it's like I play it. I've played it a lot more than them. So I have a feeling going against people that play it as much as I do, I, I'd be okay, mediocre, but that's probably my best shot. <laughs> uh, I think I would do Arnak, Lost Ruins of Arnak. I just, I love playing that game. I think it's fun. I don't think I would place very high but yeah it'll be it'll be fun what about you phil what's your what's your expert level game i don't really have an expert level i mean if there was an anti-world series of who could suck the most then <laughs> arkham horror the card game put sign me up instantly um i've played many 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 and i've only won it twice <laughs> oh wow that well that's an interesting one though because there's not like win-win you know there's varying degrees of winning oh yeah okay by only one twice i mean not being completely killed oh okay all right because like sometimes that allows you to carry on the story anyway but you know yeah desired ending fair enough okay well then i will go to my second one record all my plays on bgg nailing this one i okay I was nailing this until this week. There were two games on BGA that I haven't recorded yet, but I will record those. Nice. So. Are you enjoying that? Are you, is it is you keeping? Is the process been fun for you? Yeah, and it kind of forces me to like take a picture, so even a screenshot, uh, and then I post it in that in the app and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's been nice. I really, I really enjoy doing it. Being able to look through and and see who I played as or what score I got. I usually write like a little note about how it went so yeah I've, I've done pretty good about recording my plays this year but there was like one month it was like july that i feel like i missed half of them so i kind of just fell out but i think I'm, i've been pretty good otherwise oh nice if do you think you would go back and record them or you're like it's N- too long not this late no like this last week i didn't record any from our con last weekend but then i came back you know halfway through the week and then went back and recorded it because i have pictures of all of them and chat and stuff like that so i can catch up a week behind but a month behind nah that's okay i can live without them that makes sense lost to history next time you post on twitter one of those you know you post a picture and say i played one million games this month ask me anything i'm gonna grill you about july (laughs) (laughs) that was the one month i didn't post that because i was like that'd be so inaccurate anyway and also it looked sad because it was like it showed only played like 35 games for the month and i knew it was a lot longer higher than that i I love how you consider only 35 plays as a sad month (laughs) (laughs) pathetic I can't believe you didn't break a hundred. That has not happened yet. I'll have to work on that. You've gotten pretty high though, like seventies, eighties. Yeah, seventies, right? eighties. With, with board game arena and all the async games I get to play on there now, I have months that are up in that range. It tends to be like seventy to eighty something. It's kind of yeah, average. yeah. That's great. Well, let's go to your first, uh, your first one. Oh boy. Do we have to start with the first one? Can I go backwards? No, that's You can I'm go kidding. backwards. I'm kidding. It's totally fine. <laughs> you want to end on a high note. So you want to save the ones you actually 
succeeded. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. So my first one was that I said I didn't want to back anything on Kickstarter specifically and try not to back anything on crowdfunding. And I failed miserably at both of these goals. Now, the reason I didn't want to back on Kickstarter specifically is that we're hinting at like moving towards blockchain on their thing. I won't go into all that. That's like a whole bunch of boring nonsense you don't want to hear about. But um, it seems like they've kind of taken a step back from there. So I at least have a little bit less of a like a, a moral negative towards it. But what basically has happened is this year I've gotten a chance to play some games that are mostly, almost all of the ones that I backed are games that are like remakes or kind of second editions of games that I already played. I know they're great. I love them. They've gotten great reviews. So I felt really safe about backing them and I've done it with several games. But I was just rethinking this like last week and looking at my list of games I backed and it's it's still stupid. I don't know why I did it because all this stuff is going to come to retail like three weeks after it's out. I would have saved on shipping costs. It's so dumb. So I have backed a bunch of stuff this year. I don't have the full list in front of me. In fact, we're recording our top five incoming Kickstarter episode tomorrow night, which is going to release next Monday. So I'll be going into a lot of detail about how many things I backed and and like what I'm looking forward to. But there was no reason for me to back any of it on Kickstarter. It was all dumb. It's, it's still a dumb thing. Don't do it. How how <laughs> soon how soon did you first cave? Like okay, it was it was New Year's resolution. What was it like January the fourth? Like, it wasn't that quick, but I, <laughs> it was like it was like late January, I think, or early February. I think the first one that I got hit on was like Legrand Hot Deluxe Edition. Yeah, that's the one because we got a chance to play that game and it was a first for me. And I, oh my gosh, I love that game so much. It was like it's now one of my favorite games of all time. I think it fell into like number eight on my list this year. And they had this deluxe edition coming out, and I just got scared that they I wouldn't be able to get it in retail, and it was dumb. I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be available in retail. And even I didn't even add like I didn't order like the the overpriced Kickstarter big box one or like the add-ons or stuff like that. I just ordered the base updated version, so I'm sure I could have gotten it later. But I just got super excited for it, and that's kind of been like for most of the games I ordered this year. That's kind of what happened. It was like, hey, a new Garfield game, uh, you know, came out, and they go on Kickstarter, but it's exactly the retail version. And I played it and I was like, I love this game. I can't wait to get it. So I'm probably going to get it like two weeks before I could get it from retail, but I paid an extra $20 in, in you know, shipping on it. It was, it was so dumb. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm <laughs> Do you feel person. like breaking that, you know, failing at it made it so that you're like, well, all right, it's not so bad if I do the next one. For sure it did. I definitely okay. fell into a trend where I was like, oh, I already did one. What's the point? It's like that. Yeah. That's the problem with like setting a goal like this for me. Once I break it, it's like too late. That I have no. It's broken. Yeah, floodgates, I'm, floodgates I'm already broken. done. I'm going to hell. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. So on that <laughs> note, <laughs> Phil, your first one. Yeah, so my first one was go to the UK Games Expo, which I did not do. I'm afraid it came and went, and I just sat at home doing nothing. <laughs> Why did you did you uh, make a conscious choice not to go this year? You just kind of it, you missed um, it. So I'm in the middle of buying a place to live and I thought by the time the UK Games Expo happened that I would all be moved in and all sorted and settled and just be rolling in lots of spare time and cash Um, and that has not happened. So I am still in the process of buying a place to live and so I need to watch my pennies. Um, Yes, so that's why. You're going to try to shoot for next year? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely, hopefully. (laughs) Definitely, hopefully. That's one that I think that one looks great. It seems really, really big, fun. Like lots of cool people went, I saw. So I would love to. It's always annoying 
when something's happening that you want to go to because Twitter suddenly just becomes inundated <laughs> with everyone posting their pics of I'm at the game experiment. <laughs> yeah. But then there's, I think it's kind of fun. Uh, I feel like during COVID times, right, there's also the anti-conventioners uh, mm. who will post like, well, look, we're having fun without a big convention. Yeah. Uh, which I appreciate because, you know, not everybody can afford to go to the conventions and travel and yeah, get didn't hotel they, rooms. Was Gen Con, did they do Gen Can't or something, was it? I yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, uh, are there other conventions that you want to go to in that area? Do you know, I don't really know of any. <laughs> That's the big one. That's the big one, yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, I'll do my next two. Uh, be more patient at teaching board games. Avoid downplaying phrases like, oh, it's easy. Oh, you'll get it, or things like that. So learn to teach better. And I think in a way I have, I have a, my wife made friends and... They like she taught us how to play Lords of Waterdeep, and I kind of observed her do that because my wife like instantly got that, and so I sort of picked a few things out of there. I've also just this last week actually, I was um, I played El Grande in on BGA, and it was really fascinating to me watching the shut up and sit down because as simple of a game as that is. And the video is really short. And in that video at the end, he's like, well, that was, that was really short. I feel weird ending it this soon. Um, but it was still like 10 minutes long, I think over 10 minutes long to teach that game. And I was like, I get frustrated at myself when I'm teaching a game because it's not instantly taught, you know, like, so if I'm taking 10, 15 minutes to teach a game, really, that's not that bad. So Learning to be less hard on myself, too, is, has leaked into that same goal. To be fair, I watched that Shut Up and Sit Down teaching video when I learned the game earlier this year, and it's not that great of a teaching video. So you can do better. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> consolation, um, as a teacher, I can say it takes some kids like five years to learn how to use capital letters. So. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. That Shut Up and Sit Down video was like, I felt like I had it. I was like, OK, yeah, I get it. I get it. And then we started playing, and I think it was in the last round, I asked a question, and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, this is how this works. Like, did you not know that? And I was like, I have no idea. Like, <laughs> it worked no, you, out okay you, for me, but. You could tell it was an earlier video. I mean, even the production quality of it was pretty terrible. But, um, but you know, like, was it Quinn's, I think is his name. He, he yeah. takes a lot of comedic intervals in the middle of it. And, like, you know, they try to add some funniness into it, which doesn't isn't it's great for a video if you want to be entertained but not so great for a teach necessarily um but yeah i I, you know i'm sure they've gotten better at that as well you know but it's interesting that conversation we had last year about this riley i thought a lot about that when i listened to the episode and i i think i managed to apply some of the principles that we talked about throughout the year so i think i've gotten a little bit better because of you striving to get better so thank you for that oh yeah hey you're welcome phil's just a master teacher so (laughs) <laughs> i'm not <laughs> any what episode is- where mark doesn't understand what the game is that's that's down to me <laughs> <laughs> again some students take five years to learn <laughs> yeah um, one of the things also i recently uh kind of learned was checking for understanding so like having finding those check-in points where it's like, okay, does this kind of make sense? Or, okay, can you explain that back to me type of thing? Yeah. Uh, so that you can clarify, giving those clarify moments. 
But then the next one was get big guests on the show. And I haven't done that at all. Yes, you That's have. nonsense. Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've succeeded a lot on that one. That's been a really weird and wild ride because I don't think anybody's said no. The worst I've gotten is like, oh, ask me in a couple months. And then when I do, they are like, yeah, let's do it. Well, name drop, what, list out list out your biggest guests you've had on the show this year. Yeah. I mean, Eric Lang, that was huge. Elizabeth Hargrave, Nikki Valens, Patrick Leader. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm going to forget people, but... You end up getting Jamie Stegmaier on, I think, Jamie, right? yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's been really fun to watch. And, you know, for my own sake, as I mentioned when we recorded that episode, it's like, although I always enjoy your episodes and I've gotten to meet some interesting new people through them and that's, con- that's continued this year. It's been really fun when those episodes pop up. Those are people that I already know. And so I'm excited to go and listen to them. So I'm curious, Riley, do you think, have you seen your numbers change or, or increase? Do you see like a difference in the number of listens based on the guests you have? Because again, I, I don't have the same type of format you do. So I'm just, I'm curious if it, if it kind of applies the same way, like for us, hot games tend to increase our numbers, but to, like well-known guests increase your numbers kind of and that's the interesting thing because you know we've we've talked about that i was going to talk about this when we talk about yours but i'll talk about it now so okay interestingly enough like some of these some of the big guests they do jump up like eric lang that one's up they're pretty high eric royce uh spirit island designer that one's up really high and both of them like retweeted it Mm -hmm. out eric royce sent it out in his email like his emailing list. And so that one got a lot of plays like really fast. Um, But then like other ones, Jamie's went out pretty well, you know, no matter who I have, normally they retweet it out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so their listeners will be like, Oh yeah. Hey, cool. I know them. I want to listen. So it really depends on kind of the engagement from the, the guest too, kind of. Um, But even still, uh, I think I got a little bit of a gain like 20% increase after the Eric episodes, like after those first Eric and Elizabeth, they were like back to back. Um, And then after that, it kind of dropped. But I I think I've retained 20% of those listeners. And ever since then, it's like big guests will come on. It might get a good raise, but then next episode, nobody's continuing on to listen. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what that means. It's a little bit of a bummer not getting growth, to be honest. But at the same time, I still have so much fun doing these interviews that still win for me. Yeah, I mean, it's so cool that you're talking to all these people. And I think, again, making a lot of relationships and friends, you know, just I can see it from your social media interactions and stuff like that. So that's cool. And I think that was one of your main goals. But it is really interesting. Yeah, I wonder why, like... um, you know, is it just the format of an interview where people just, you know, are they not driven to go and find the next interview every week? You know, like I, like I said, I listen every week. I haven't gotten to listen to the leader one yet just because I had a busy weekend, but I'll be listening probably tonight after work. You know, I, I'm, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I don't, I'm always curious about this stuff because sometimes, and we'll talk about it when we get to mine in a little bit, but I don't understand sometimes why growth happens and sometimes it stagnates. And yeah. uh, I, I'm always curious. So I always like to pick people's brains when I can understand where their numbers are. Yeah, I, I'm still trying to figure it out, obviously. Yeah, like every once in a while, it feels like, oh, why is why aren't I getting more listeners? Like, what am I doing wrong type thing? Um, but then I'm kind of like, you know what? Do I really care about getting 
I like, I really enjoy the interactions I get to have, you know, mm-hmm. with like you, with Phil, with David, with, you know, like with everybody that I've become friends with throughout the show. Um, for a while, I remember when I very first started, I was like, I am pretty sure that the only people listening are the people that have been on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I was like, you know, by the time I get to 100 episodes, I'll have 100 listeners. That's great, you know. <laughs> uh, but, I, but it's grown faster than that, at least. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If people have ideas, oh, you know what? That's on you, audience. All right. This is on you. Spread the news. Spread the good word of these great interviews I'm doing. <laughs> Actually, kind of fun. You went on David uh, Rodriguez, All Games New and Old. You did the interview there, which was really fun. I did one there. Uh, and he's doing a really fun thing, too, with his interviews. But he, he had contacted me before it all. And he was like, uh, are you cool if I do this? And I was like, of course, do it. Like, <laughs> make it a podcast, like do the YouTube, do everything, you know, like it's not a competition by any means. One interesting thing I found, because we've done just a few interviews on our show. And I thought early on, because we got a couple of guests that I thought people would be interested to listen to. And although they, I think they brought a few new listeners, they didn't really spurt growth as much as I expected them to. Like I, you know, I, I it's weird. I, I think like, and, and then I was thinking back to my own podcast listening when I go to a podcast on a weekly basis to listen for whatever their normal format is, which is like, let's talk about board games. And then they'll bring a guest on and kind of do the interview. And I was like, oh, well, that's not what I was expecting. So that's not what I wanted out of this episode. And I think that's kind of what we've learned as well. If we try to if we try to do something that's a little off format, then people reject it. You know, like they, there's a lot of people that are just like, that's not what I'm here for. And they skip it or they, you know, they um, it doesn't seem to really have the impact I would expect. Yeah. Yeah. And you, like when we were on Phil's uh, mm. podcast last week, we talked about that with like the film, the movies, episode, yeah. the mm. movie episode. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I feel like actually with mine, when I do a review episode, so I've done a couple, those are my lowest episodes. Sure. Yeah. Cause that's how what people are there for probably right there. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah. That's interesting. Yep. So, all right. Go, anyways, go find your niche and build it, I guess. That's something yeah. Wrong. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's move on to your next one. So my next one was put together a local board gaming group. And I would say I've been slightly successful here, but not where I wanted to be. And that is I do, I have found a couple people. One, like I've got a neighbor that lives two doors down from me that I found out as a big board gamer. And so I've gotten together with him and his wife a few times this year. Um, and then I, I, a couple people from a local board gaming meetup group. I get together with them occasionally in game. So like I have people I'm gaming with locally now that are outside of my wife and my friend, Jen, which, so that's a good, it's a step in the right direction, but I haven't quite recreated the experience that I was hoping to, which was find a few people I really like hanging out with and get together with them once a week and play board games. You know, it's like, it's just, it's, it's just not come together like that. And I even, I had met a few people through some meetups where I was like, Hey, these are people that I'd like to hang out with. So I kind of reached them out independently. And I was like, Hey, do you, are you guys interested in doing like a weekly game night? And it turns out they all live too far away. So, you know, they're all like, no, I can't drive 45 minutes on a weekday to come over and hang out and game once a week, you know? So I just, I still haven't quite put together that local gaming group I was hoping to assemble. Um, so partially there, year's not over yet, but I don't have a, I don't have a good plan to get there by the end of the year. So I think it would take a little bit of luck to pull it off. So we'll, we'll see if it, we'll see if I can pull it off. It's not, it's not, it's not completely off the table yet. That's really interesting to me because I definitely don't mind driving 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. 
But uh, uh, do they have kids? Is that a problem? It's a combination, but no, I don't either. And, um, you know, with some of them, like I'm lucky, right? I work from home. So for me, I don't have a commute. And with some of them, they're like, yeah, I'm already driving 45 minutes home from work. Hmm. Could get stuck in traffic. I can't commit to getting to like getting back in the car, driving another 45 minutes to get to your place. And, um, you know, I probably could make this more successful if I kind of tried to put it close to several of them. But I also don't want to be the one who's making a weekly game night and then I'm driving 45 minutes. I would, right, if somebody else put it together. So, um, you know, that's just not what I had in mind. I've got a great gaming space at home. I'd love to just, you know, kind of you host th- a weekly game night, which I've done th- in the yeah. past. And uh, and I just need to find some other. I, there's, a, there's a meetup that's really close to us here, a couple of them. And I've just been super busy, so I haven't been able to get to kind of their scheduled meetings. So that is my one thing I'd like to try still is get to some of the more, like, close meetups for me and see if I just can connect with a few people that are closer. And I think that'd be a good, a good way to do it. And then I'll recruit yeah. them. I'll recruit them into my, that's great. And that kind of leads into Phil's next one. Yeah. So my next one was play more board games just for enjoyment outside of the podcast. Uh, I reckon I'm going to tick this one off uh, because so my cousin moved back to Cardiff with his amazing gaming table uh, and so that sort of sparked us pretty much most weekends. We either do a game in afternoon or a game in evening or whatever and just play our way through some stuff. So that's really good. I also went, so there's this monthly, uh, like a board game meetup in one of the pubs downtown full of strangers, which I'm not so good with, but I went and I powered through and, uh, you know, I had a good time. It was it was fun. And the benefit of that, because it's people obviously that I'm not familiar with, I was experiencing loads of games, you know, that I hadn't heard of or that I hadn't had the opportunity to play um, and stuff like that. So it was really good, you know, broadening the circle of people that you know, but also broadening the uh, gaming experience that you've had and the, and the games that you are, that are on your radar, I suppose. Radar, on your radar. <laughs> well, you answered the question I was going to ask about that, like pub meetup and that they're, they're kind of bringing games that you wouldn't normally play. But what about with your, you said your cousin or nephew? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, with cousin. your, with your cousin, like, does he like the same games or, or, you know, he has a gaming table. So I assume he kind of has his own collection of games. Are you, are you guys kind of like, do you share the same taste with the types of games you like? Um, we have some crossovers, but he, so he went through a phase of backing like some really huge games on Kickstarter and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh my god, I can't remember anything. Dark Souls is one of them. Um, yeah. Another one, <laughs> I can't remember. But like <laughs> ones that have tons and tons of miniatures and epic, huge epic campaigns and stuff. Um, so it's been good to have a go at some of those. And um, yeah, he loves playing about with little figures. So, um, oh my god, why can't I remember any names? It's not like he, he didn't like not Age of Darkness, <laughs> right? Because that's been a big one that's, that people are talking about. I don't think he did. No, okay. he sort of he went the route that you tried to go and sort of tried to cut himself off from from backing the big projects. But he was more successful, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, in all fairness, my projects were not one of those like big, huge six hundred dollar yeah. miniatures games either. So um, that's cool. That's that's really exciting, Phil. I'm, I'm glad for you. I'm happy for you. Enjoy yeah, us. it's it's been good fun and just and again having him them closer. Because, uh, you know, they used to be like three hours train train ride away, but now it's like half an hour walk just across town. So 
you can pretty much do it whenever. It doesn't matter if it's a weeknight or if it's a weekend or if you've only got half a day or a couple of hours, you know, you can still do it. So does all this mess with your OCD really related to your spreadsheet? Does it make you feel bad when you have to skip over a spreadsheet night and play something else? No, I'm it's really weird. Like if I'm in charge, if I'm hosting, then the spreadsheet is law, but I am absolutely, I have no qualms about just surrendering control. Like if it's someone else's, like, I don't care. I don't care what we'll play. We can play the same game four times in a row if you want, whatever. Cause it's not my gig. <laughs> That's cool. Nice. Yeah. Like Phil and I, uh, a couple weeks ago we played on BGA and we were like, well, what do you want to play? I don't know. Hey, why don't it feels like, you know how I love order. Why don't we, when it's my turn to pick, let's just go alphabetical. Uh, we just pulled it up, started with the numbered games. Uh, but he, we played the first one. He's like, well now it's your pick. So pick whatever. And I was like, what do you mean? Pick whatever. Like we're going alphabetically. Like, <laughs> he's like, well, wait, you don't have to like, that's just me. And I was like, nah, let's do it. This is a fun challenge. But that was good because we weren't playing based on like names that we liked or yeah. things that we liked the look of. It was just this one is next, so we must play it. <laughs> and there were gems in there, there was, and there, there was and there were some one... gems. It's <laughs> <was> really bad. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So I'm glad to hear that though. With the meeting up with strangers, that's something I've always wanted to try. Um, you know, like to go to a board game store uh, when they and when i know they have a board game night or something yeah and, and i mean i was deep well not dubious but you know like just a bit weird at first but then you remember that they're all there for the same reason they all love board games they're all it's a board game meetup so chances are that you've got a lot in common it's not like meeting up with people that are going to judge you and be like "Ooh, you like board games loser <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I've found successful doing those that makes me more comfortable going to them is that um, what I'm always worried about is showing up there and everybody's already kind of got their group together and their niche and they're like, and then I get stuck either with nobody to play with or I get stuck with the rant one person who's there to help the newbies out and, and we'll yeah. be like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're by table. yourself here. Will you come, you, why don't you come <laughs> play some two player games with me? Or, uh, you know, just the last group that, I don't know, wants to play something I'm completely not interested in, some little party game or something like that. Yeah. So what yeah. I do when one of those meetups is out is I'll like put a message out to the group beforehand. And either if nobody's posted what they're planning to bring that day, I'll ask, hey, you know, what's what's anyone bringing that day? And if they get if somebody lists something I'm interested in, I'll say, hey, can I get into that one? Can you save me a spot for it? Or I'll offer and say, hey, here are some games that I could bring anyone interested in to teach and learn. And then I'll usually get a few people. They'll be like, yeah, I really wanted to try doing Imperium. Can you teach it to me? So then we'll get a group together of a game I know I'm going to enjoy. So that always makes me feel more comfortable where I can get there. And then everybody's like, all right, you're here. We're waiting for you. Let's get this started. You know, and it's. Yeah, uh, so a lot of the admin is sorted for like beforehand. So you can just turn up and get playing straight away. Yeah. I mean, I've always felt that way, even about like weekly game nights with my friends, which is instead of everyone showing up and then let's you know, you know, hem and hoe for like 15 minutes about like, what are we going to play tonight? And I don't want to do that as we kind of work it out via text thread in advance. And I'm always happy if I can have the game set up and ready to go before, um, before, you know, while people are making their small talk and stuff like that. Yeah. We kind of decide games before our game nights, but the last game night, you know, people were coming over and I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to give them an option. I am setting up Wonderland's War. (laughs) (laughs) and so they got there it was all set up we went to dinner first so i had to like lock our cats in the bedroom type thing uh while we went and ate and came back and you know uh, there's a minor setup that you have to do with people um because you have to like choose characters and whatnot but 
they were all they were uh, both afterwards. They were like, I was a little hesitant looking at it on the table. It like doesn't really fit on your table. We had to bring a folding another folding <laughs> table for extra space. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's so huge. But then afterwards they were like, that was so good. Like, Oh, I want to buy it now. And I was like, well, I have an extra copy. So if you want an extra copy, like I'll sell it to you for like $15 off. Uh, yeah. So it, then, it worked out yeah. really well. And I feel like that's a good way to do it to either set up, uh, beforehand so that you can like have the game set up. So you don't yeah. have to do that with people. Um, yeah, I just like that a lot. But see, the good thing, because most people that I play with are familiar enough with my ways that they will ask, you know, like, what's next on the spreadsheet sort of thing. And I'll be like, wow. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely an advantage to, to having things yeah. your way. They just they just accept it. They just accept it as the rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you come to America, I've got my list. I don't know how we'll sort it, but... I will. I'll organize it. It'll be an organized fun event. Good. <laughs> okay. Well, let's go to the. Ne- That's me. Okay. I'm next. I've got design more, which I have failed miserably at. The only thing that I have designed this entire year is for Phil's podcast. <laughs> Do you? Are you missing it? Do you feel like it's something you're just kind of moved past in the hobby and you're more interested in playing games and doing the podcasts and stuff? Or do you feel like you really want to get back to it? And I really want to get back to it. But then like I have so much fun doing other things like the podcast, both friend and foe and this takes up a lot of time. Uh, And I find that when I have free time, I'm like, I really just want to like edit episodes. I really enjoy Mm -hmm. doing it. It's like therapeutic to me. Um, but but so is like designing. Like when I was making that uh, the snake tomb game and making the prototype, as easy as that was, it was it felt therapeutic too. Um, so I just, I just yeah, and you made like that and you won second place in that design contest, right? So that was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess right. It, I'm guessing Tim is winning uh, by a bit. I will check the current standings, but I, yeah, Tim was winning last time I checked. Yeah. So Riley, um, have you had any big ideas at least that came up? Like, do you take notes when you, when you're just kind of like, Ooh, that seems like a good idea. Do you kind of like note it down or do you, do you not really, you know, design in that way? Do you, w- instead you would sit down and think like tonight I'm going to design a board game and then just start working something out. I guess. Yeah. That's actually a really good question because in the past, what I've done when I design things is I just get the idea. I start writing it out and then I write the rules. Like I go immediately from like I the you know bare bones of it to trying to flesh it out, um, and I haven't really done that. So maybe I'm just missing the inspiration. Though I, there are games that I want to like go back and actually yeah. work on that I think have some merit too. I wonder if you just when you get that big idea because you don't have the time to go do it immediately, maybe take some notes on it so that you've got something you can you know think about a little bit, but you won't forget completely. Maybe that would yeah. be a, a way to kind of keep it fresh in your mind. I don't know. Yeah. Have you, what do I know? I'm not a designer. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> I, I've thought through some ideas, you know, like some, so I've had some inspirations, but then just don't want to put the time into pursuing them. So I, I haven't, but I, I think I probably should too. I should probably at least write these things down because someday I might get the bug and want to take a stab at something again. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and you are winning the ancient games vote, Tim. So, you know, it shows you've got a talent for it. <laughs> There you go. That that took a lot of effort, though. I had to think through that for like a whole three days. So yeah, you were definitely like I had mine within like eight minutes. Uh, Phil had his in like an hour, and then days later, 
months, <laughs> years. <laughs> no, no. Hey, but it paid off all that time refining and tweaking and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but let's actually play them and see which is more fun, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there will be obvious losers. <laughs> Raise of hands. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, and then my other one, more topic episodes. I think I've done okay on that uh, throughout the years. I looked back. I felt like I haven't because I haven't done like super specific ones lately, but I had like even with just specific guests like um, Tanya Pobeda being able to do like board game research and talk about all of that stuff was a topic, but while getting to know a guest. But it's interesting because that's an episode that people are still like bringing up. Yes. Like even now people are still talking about it and still, so that's really good. You know, you touched on a topic that obviously resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. And that is the episode. I, I don't think there will be an episode that I will be more proud of than that episode. No offense to you all. Rude. <laughs> uh, but but it is I think it's my favorite episode because of everything we covered on it. Uh, it was so fascinating and so important. Uh, but it also bugs me because I'm just like, that should be my number one episode. And it was for a long time. But then Eric Lang took it over and then Eric Royce took it over. And those are my number two ones right now and i'm just like ah but like the tanya pobeda episode people do you have other uh topics that you want to cover like you know if you want to do topic episodes do you have like a list of topics you're hoping to get to at some point i actually yeah i have a list on my phone somewhere i'd have to look through it but i had like 16 or so topics that Mm -hmm. i thought would be fun but i also sometimes i'll just like reach out to people that have already been on the show that I've become friends with and I'll be like, Hey, if there's a topic you ever want to just like talk about, let me know and we'll do it. So it's kind of open. I don't think I've done that with either of you. This is a topic episode, isn't it? So I mean, yeah, here you go. We're helping you knock that one out right now. Take another one off the box. You got it. Oh, fringe content. <laughs> We're step. Actually the new year's <laughs> resolution one was a, uh, it's like in my top 10, I think. Yeah, I still feel bad about that. I, I went back and listened to it for to prep for this episode, and I, I, the rant, the five minute rant, right at the beginning of the show, really <laughs> brought it down. So I'm trying not to do that today. <laughs> I don't remember a five minute rant, and I listened to it. I guess I just really enjoy it. I don't know. Well, what's your next one, Tim? So my next one was to improve our podcast technically as well as work on the format. And I think we've made some good progress there this year. I mean, like I mentioned before we started recording tonight, I this last week's episode, my audio turned out poor for some reason. And it's like I didn't do anything different. So sometimes we're still dealing with technical issues. I've also had a challenge this year in that I've had to record from our Sedona house occasionally and I don't have a good space for sound. They're like, I think I've worked out the echo issues in our own house when I record here. You know, so I just like, it's not perfect yet, but I think we've made some good progress there. I think we figured out some of the challenges we were dealing with before. So I think generally our, the quality technically is, is better than it used to be. So I'm really happy with that from a format perspective. I think we've locked in our format a little bit. And like we had a team meeting this last week when we all got together in person and kind of talked about some changes we're going to make on our, on our format. So I would say, yeah, I think we're successful here and still some you know, always opportunities to improve. So I think we'll make it a little bit further this year, but I'm happy with the direction it's going. I think, um, I think it's headed in the right direction at least. Are there any like, uh, hardware improvements that you've made, like buying nicer mic or, or I don't know. Well, so not quite this year, but we had started this way last year. And like, for one thing, like 
Chris is still having a problem. He's got like a 10 year old laptop that he refuses to update. So like, that's an issue that we still need to fix. Cause every once in a while we just end up with a mess because his laptop's not working. But like one of the things I did this year that's helped a lot is I kept testing in different rooms and spaces to reduce echo. And I tried like three different mics last year and I didn't have any success. And I finally implemented this arm, which you can see on the mic here. And so now the mic is much closer to my mouth. And that's helped a lot. Now, the room I'm in right now, I do, it's got a better backdrop. So when I'm recording with other people on video, this echo is going to be a little bit heavier because this room's not great. But I found that just having the mic closer to my face has been a huge help with an echo perspective. So not, you know, it's like kind of a hardware fix because it was the the metal arm that kind of holds it up closer. But that's the only thing that I've personally done. Again, it's it's like constant. It's so challenging because it's like three of us recording in three different locations Adam has been renovating his house this year. So he keeps having to move around between different spaces. So it's kind of hit or miss on how his audio is going to be. Um, I'm have, I've had to move between some different locations and we've been doing it traveling different places. So it's still not perfect. We definitely could lock it down. If we were all in one space and we had like one studio that we committed to and get, you know, get like one room set up and fix the audio, that'd be great. But we're never going to be in that position. Like I, I plan to actually build a little bit of a home studio. We've got a closet that I want to dedicate to it, but I'm also not that motivated because I know any given week I could have perfect audio. And then one of them is going to have, you know, mediocre yeah. audio anyway. So why put that much time and money into it? So, yeah, well, but, but it's, I, but I think we're doing better. What do you, what do you think? If you, you listen to our episodes regularly, do you feel like you've noticed any improvement or not really? Yeah. I don't notice like, I think more so is that I don't notice bad, ep- like a uh, bad audio in episodes. So yeah. there's definitely been episodes in the past where I've been like, Ooh, you know, uh, Adam's a bit choppy in this one. Oh, Tim's real echoey on this one, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I guess by not noticing it's, that's an improvement. That's right? a good thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. That's the goal is to have people thinking about the actual podcast and not the quality. Not the quality yeah. Right? I was going to say, I mean, like most of the time, like I can't think of any times where I've listened and thought, Oh, that sounds a bit crappy. Like just cause I just get carried away in the conversation and in mm-hmm. the reviews and stuff. And like, so it was like going back, that's what I'm there for. I'm not here to listen for audio quality. I'm here to listen to board game talk. And so that's, I don't know. My brain just filters out anything else like that. <laughs> Adam and Chris always say that I put like that. I'm my own worst critic. Cause I'll complain all the time. Like, Oh, my audio was a little rough this week. And they're like, we don't even hear it. But what, <laughs> what I notice the most is cause I'm always the one that does the lead in for the intro now. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's like, Hey, welcome to board game hot takes. And it's right as like, it, you know, there's music. We have like kind of intro music and then I kind of speak over that. And so I always um, notice it right away because um, you got um, this high. Um, um, um. <laughs> we got this high quality music, and then if my audio is off at all, it stands out. And then once we get into the conversation, I don't, I stop noticing it. But I always feel like when when I've got great audio that day, it's awesome because I can hear it. Just it sounds crisp and clean the intro. But like this last episode again, because for some reason my my volume went too high on the track and they couldn't fix it in post. Um, it just it sounds like wow that that was rough. You know, there's like a clear difference between the, the high quality audio of, the, of the, the music versus the vocal audio. So it's disappointing. Still working on it. Still trying to figure out why we deal with some of these weird issues. We've also At had least. some challenges. Oh, no, What's go no, go on. I was, I was interrupting. <laughs> I was just going to say, we've also had some challenges with our podcast recording platform, which we, we've been using um, Riverside uh, this year. And Riverside is nice in that it records three different tracks for everybody. And then it kind of uploads them after you finish recording, it uploads them. But we've had a couple issues. And I think it was a Riverside issue where they were having like 
technical problems with their format. And so we would lose one of the high quality tracks. Luckily they have backup tracks. We've always been able to fix the issues, but you know, that was a challenge where I almost moved off of them, but it seems like they've smoothed out. We're, we're, we haven't had as many issues with them lately as well. So anyway, long, long answer, Riley still having issues, but I think we're improving. No, that's great. Phil, did you have something? <laughs> I was just going to say, at least you never got the wrong input and actually was recording through your laptop, which you'd basically put next to the street. <laughs> <laughs> we, we actually have done that several times. We, we, we've done it several times, but I think this year, maybe only once. So if, there's a couple times where you hear a bad track from myself or from yeah. Chris. And it, actually, there were some of our favorite episodes last year that we were really excited about like good special episodes that we just ended up with crappy audio from the same exact issue. Just like yeah. forgot to use and our I mic think, instead, use the laptop. Yeah. That's because a lot of the conversation is so organic and just free flowing. I'd never say let's re-record it because you'd never mm. capture that same, right. that same feeling. Right. So, yeah. I have that same problem where like, well, in that Rob Davio episode, I just re-released it. Uh, and that one actually has been doing really well, even though it's like just a re-release of an old uh, I was gonna interview say, that's on a the different podcast. the only one I haven't listened to because I was like, well, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's doing way better than I think it uh, would because it's available somewhere else, you know. Uh, yeah. But we had recorded like 10, 15 minutes and he had told some great stories. And then I found out I wasn't recording. And so we had to like restart and he was like, Oh, you know, we can go over all that again. And I was like, yeah, of course. And then as soon as we got going, it's like, that's not us. Like that's not what yeah. we do. This doesn't feel organic. So yeah. sorry, everyone else that wasn't us, you know, like you don't get to hear. I mean, it's, I think some of those stories I've heard on other podcasts anyway. So um, yeah, technical issues happen and well, I don't think you need to redo them. Because we lost, so our Kids on Brooms intro episode where we were doing all the world building and all the character oh, yeah. creation, the Zencaster cut out after like 20 minutes or whatever. And there was like 40 minutes where we were just talking and it wasn't recording. And we yeah, just made the executive, we'll just, we'll just do without it because there's no way that we could go over all that and remember it and do all the same process again. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you just got to suck it up and deal with it. And you... Yeah, it feels way less organic. It's better to just like come back in and be like, oh, something happened to the audio. So here's a quick recap. And now we're going to continue back on. Yeah. The one thing we've gotten a little better at because we're all recording from different locations is we can sometimes hear the the quality issues from the other people when we start talking. And there are things that we didn't either didn't recognize in the past or did or just assume they'd be like, oh, it'll be fine. It's a it's an Internet issue. It'll be fixed on the other side. So we've kind of learned when we have to stop and say, wait, something doesn't sound right. Let's try to figure this out before we start yeah. the recording. So that's that's been good this year. We've caught a couple potential major disasters right <laughs> before recording. Yeah. Well, that's huge. Do you think that at the beginning you all felt comfortable enough like to call out somebody's audio? Do you- yeah. Yeah, I don't think that was the issue. Okay. It was more just a like experience of not knowing that it was a real issue or not. I don't think it was really. And sometimes we'd even call it out and and we'd be like, "Oh no, everything looks good. Oh, I'm sure it's just an internet issue." We we talk about it and decide that no, it's going to be fine. Nope, we were wrong. We shouldn't have, we shouldn't have uh, kept going. But <laughs> on the uh, playback, yeah, I think someone's like at half speed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I think it's just experience. You know, it's just learning. You know when to troubleshoot something and what the possible issue is so we can fix it quickly. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Well, Phil, let's go to your, this is your last one, right? This is my last one, yeah. So my last one was to get more stuff uh, onto digital platforms, which I'm going to tick off because, I don't know, when did we play Jane Austen and Zombies? Was that after the New Year's one or before? It was before. Ah, it was before because we right, talked well. about it in like highlights <laughs> of the year. So I was going to ask you if you had any others on there since then. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've put one. I've got one more. Okay. It's one that I've been working on for a while. It's the chargeball um, one. So I made a crappy paper prototype back in like year one of the podcast, and I've slowly been redoing it digitally. Um, and so yeah, I got that finished. Well, like a couple of weeks ago, basically. So that's that's up and ready to play. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Cheers. Do you expect to have any like more it. up this year? Um, I don't know. I was tempted because I do technically have a lot of um, trains and potholes like drawn up on the computer that I could just upload for a laugh. But I'm not sure if that's a good enough game. Like that's that's more of a joke <laughs> rather than a serious thing. I don't know. I think part of it is just I had set this barrier in my head that stuff like Tabletop Simulator, etc., was a really complicated process and it was really difficult. And actually after Riley showed me basically what to do, it's not that hard. And so, you know, I guess the hardest thing is just coming up with an idea and drawing all the bits sort of thing, but the actual uploading it and getting it on there isn't as complicated as I thought it was. So when are we going to see Chargeball published? (laughs) When are you pitching it? Yeah, I don't know. Although I did, it's, I like it. It's quite good. I, so my next episode coming out is uh, an expansion. So me and Mark played it on Tabletop Simulator. Uh, so just talking about the upgraded version. Nice. But I played it with uh, my cousin and he really enjoyed it. And, you know, we we can play. It goes, it goes three players. We can have a game and, you know, rip it to bits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I'm down. So I, yeah. Uh, yeah, we just need to get it going yes (laughs) we just need to set a time yeah i'm really excited for that and i was happy to you know you've sent me pictures of you uh as you've done it and uploaded Mm. it and it's just like it's cool to see it coming along uh yeah yeah it's it's it doesn't look like a small game it's like it's impressive it's pretty simple though it's pretty it's, it's it's fairly easy once you get into it yeah yeah it's just like a lot of cards right Yes, many, many cards. But I think it goes back to, I probably said this on the the New Year's episode, just like a lot of the stuff that I do, I don't care whether it takes off or whether it sells millions or whether anyone, it's just like it exists. And so if anyone at some random time is just like, oh, hey, I'd like to give that a go, I I can be like, well, you can because here it is sort of thing. Yeah. just, Just having it in existence is enough. That is really cool. Yeah. Well, my next one is participate in a design contest. I failed that one and I don't know that I'll succeed. Although I did consider just to like get it off my plate, just enter Snake Tomb into like a really small game. Well, I was going to say the the ancient game Tomb Challenge was a design contest. (laughs) Hey, yeah, yeah. Nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, you have people judging it, so... Absolutely. I think that does count. Uh, if I nailed need... it, I mean you took second place. <laughs> yeah, if you need an accolade <laughs> that, of dubious quality, you can say like, yeah, I came second place in the next game. <laughs> no one has to know that there was only three of us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you're right. So, okay, check that one off. Perfect. <laughs> no, I, I, I think I will try and maybe enter it into something just to like 
experience a design contest. I know that it doesn't, it's not like it will not place. There is no way it will place. <laughs> it is not that good of a game. Uh, so, but it would just be fun to do it. And then my next one is one that I'm really happy with is because play a game uh, or play games with people in the community, especially in person, which I've done a bit of. Yeah, like I've gotten to play with like Sky Larson. He's come over. I played with Jeff Beck. I played with uh, Rob. I forgot his last name, but designer of of, um, the Grand Carnival. Played with Chris. Right. Yeah. And then that was I was going to get there. The highlight, (laughs) I think the big highlight was like driving over and doing some work in in Oregon uh, and then going up and getting to play with Chris from your podcast. Uh, And that was like no offense to anybody else, but to be able to go to another state and play with somebody that I've only known through the Internet, you know, like I've had him on the show. I've like we have a lot of games in common and to be able to like play with him and his wife and kid, it was just, it was an absolute treat. Uh, And and it it made me kind of switch. And I think you had brought this up in that original uh, resolutions episode of, of like, well, you know, more important than getting out to conventions would be um, playing with people, you know, like getting to play and meet new people that or like meet people you've met and and play with them. Uh, And so that really has, been amazing and i was supposed to play with more people like i was supposed to go up to seattle and play with brian chandler uh which would have been amazing but we had to call our trip short Uh, and there was one or two other people i was hoping to get up uh, or to get with while i was up there but that didn't happen but next year next year for sure well it sounds like you were pretty successful on that one riley got got plenty plenty knocked off the list there yeah i'm really happy with that one so yeah, go ahead. Your next one. So this was my last one. And this was um, one I'm really excited about. When we you know, started the podcast, I said, hey, I want to get to like a thousand listens a week. You know, if I can get there, I'm good. I don't care from there. And when we met back in December for our resolutions episode, we had just hit a thousand, you know, like within that month, we were getting consistently a thousand every week. And so I said, well, by the end of next year, I want to get to 3000. I want to you know, get a little exponential growth going there. And we managed to hit that by I think it was July this year. So we did hit that target. Uh, We haven't fallen below 3000 listens a week since then. So we've we've been pretty consistent. We're running between about, you know, a little over 3000 to 3500, depending on the week. So that's been awesome. But now I feel like we've kind of plateaued and this, you know, we, we kind of hit that peak right at the end of our top 30 games of all time list, which is we, I expected to have some growth there, but I didn't expect to see that much that quickly. And it's been cool that we maintained most of that. Like I, I thought it was going to peak and then drop again, and that hasn't really happened, but we have kind of plateaued since then. So I, when when I when we hit that number, I posted on Twitter that I would now want to get to like five thousand by the end of the year. But now we've kind of plateaued for the last couple of months, so I'd I'd have to have quite a bit of growth. But I do have a couple bigger things that might be happening over the next couple of months that I think could bring some new listeners. So I still have potential. I think by I think by the end of the year we could still get to five thousand at least one week out of the year. But um, We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm really happy. I'm, I'm so excited that we hit this goal. It was kind of a pie in the sky dream. Like, yeah, there's no way we'll go from a thousand to 3000 by the end of the year. Um, so it was really exciting to hit it halfway through. So yeah, that's where we got with that one. I'm, I'm, I feel like that needs a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. That is, that's huge. So I think that you have become a staple in a lot of people's listening. 
at least about 3000 people's listening, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and what's, I'd be really curious what, you know, what we would consider the big podcasts. I, I have a sense for that. And only because like a couple of ways, like some, I rarely, you know, someone will talk about numbers kind of like we're doing today. They'll kind of have like, Hey, what was our recap? You know, how are we doing? And so I know like the biggest board gaming podcasts were like the dice tower, which shut down this last year and um, the secret cabal. And I mm-hmm. think I, I think the secret Kapal was, was kind of indicating that they're kind of in the high 20,000s to low 30,000s. If I, oh, wow. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I thought the kind of the impression I got. So that's kind of like the biggest there is from my understanding right now. And then there are a lot of the, the big ones. And again, I could be off on this, but I, I've been on some like lists of, of podcasts and this isn't necessarily public, but I just know that there's a lot of other decent sized ones that are in like the 15 to 20,000 range. So we're definitely not up there, you know, at the peak. And I get a, I get a, a picture of like how we're comparing to other podcasts in the U S and Canada, et cetera, from like this chartable thing that kind of takes statistics from the different platforms. And we uh, ebb and flow. Some weeks we'll be like number four in Canada. Yay. Um, or like number, you know, number 30 in the United States. There's a lot of people that are way ahead of us and we got a lot of growth to go, but I feel good. I mean, we're only two years in and most of these really big podcasts have been around at minimum for like five years. And the biggest ones like the secret cabal has been around 10 years. So I think a lot of that is organic growth. If you're continuing to, you know, just do what people like, you're eventually just going to pick up more listeners. And so I feel like we're headed in the right direction. And in a few years, you know, I, like I said, I got a couple events that I'm not going to talk about today that I think are going to bring some visibility to us for people that there's a lot of people that have just never heard of us. Right. I mean, you can, only, oh, yeah. you can only find people so many avenues and, um, and I've got a couple things that we're expected to happen this month and in October that I think is going to get us on more radars than we are today, if everything goes well. So it'll be interesting to see where we get it. If we touch base again at the end of the year, I'll fill you guys in and see if, uh, if anything p- panned out. Yeah. But the uh, merchandise really is exciting. a step in the right direction, right? <laughs> What's that? The merchandise is a step in the right direction. Getting, <laughs> getting right. your logo out. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, the, the seven shirts that people have purchased from uh, Red Bull, <laughs> really, or, that's really going to push us. Yeah. Uh, Hey, I'm now a we, walking billboard. <laughs> I wore it two days ago. I literally did that for, for fans primarily, just people that specifically yeah. said, hey, I really want one of your logos on something. So we, we those people have all purchased shirts, and that's awesome. It's really fun to see that. Um, but we haven't really pushed it. We also, you know, like we haven't done some of the important stuff that we should be doing, like going to big cons and trying to make relationships with publishers. And, you know, like at some point, maybe we'll put the effort in there, but maybe not. We'll see if we can just get the growth doing what we're doing did you notice a spike at all when um pandasaurus sent out that thing for the fox experiment not huge to be honest um and i I don't think i'm not surprised by that because it's not the first time that's happened for us and the reason is is because the audience they sent it to are not necessarily podcast listeners yeah and so it probably got us on some people's radars but um and so a few people probably clicked in and said hey i want to hear something about this game i'm interested in backing and so I, i think like that episode did reasonably well for a review episode, but not spectacular. And like the day that they sent that out, I probably noticed, you know, maybe a hundred extra listens compared to what okay. we normally would, which is great. Right. I mean, that's more than you would normally get, but um, you know, those, those things just don't have as much impact as you think they're going to be like, even like, you know, you mentioned Eric Ling, you know, retweeted your interview. Well, he's got something like 20,000 or 30,000 followers on. So you'd expect a bigger spike, but the reality is that the majority of his followers are not going to click on every 
you know, like interview that he's in. Maybe they already yeah. heard him in the interview. They don't want to listen or they just don't listen to podcasts. So that's just not their thing. So you, you end up, there's something I've learned, you know, like you just don't pick up as much as you expect from some of these things. So that's why it's, it'll be interesting to see where the, the next couple of things for us, um, if, if they actually make any change at all, because they may not, I might still be sitting at 3,500 listeners at the end of the year. Totally possible, which is still cool. I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I know that Phil and I have significantly less and like, yeah, <laughs> I think we both would love to grow. Uh, but also we just, we enjoy what we're doing. So yeah. yeah, that's why we do it. If we didn't enjoy it, that would, they would, this would be a job and yeah. we're not getting paid to do this. That's right. But I like to, I don't like for all three of us, I like to think that people can tell we enjoy it just from listening. You know, like it doesn't, none of us sound like we're just doing it by rote just to, because, a chore. Just because it's that time of the week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. And I also think that all three of us, it's clear that we're like focusing on what we actually enjoy out of the hobby and not, not like making effort to sell what people are buying, right? Like the, it's it's yeah. not like we're like, hey, let's work with a publisher and specifically market their game for them because that's where, you know, I could get paid a little bit or because I think that's what people are going to listen to. And that probably, you know, the people that listen to us probably enjoy the fact that they know they're not just being marketed to. Like the, the Fox experiment was an interesting one, right? Because we don't have any relationship with Pandasaurus. Um, I had even reached out to them before and said, hey, you know, we'd be interested in playing the game while it's on Kickstarter, just like on Tabletopia or something, just because we want to play it and see if it's something we want to back. But we are, you know, we're, we have a podcast. So does that help? And they're like, well, we're going to make it publicly available during the Kickstarter. So great. We got access to the same thing everybody else does. And we just took the time to record on it and put it out in our platform and stuff like that. And we happen to be all really positive on it. So I think they listened and said, hey, this is worth sharing but I bet that there's a number of people that saw that and said, oh, these guys got paid to do that. They're shilling this this product for them. So I almost went out and made a statement on Twitter to say like, hey, by the way, this is great that Pandasaurus shared this. Really, you know, we're excited for the game, but we didn't get paid for this. And I thought, you know, I probably don't need to do that. But it's, it's interesting because when I see people put quotes on a, on, a, on a Kickstarter or I see their review, I assume and I think I rightfully assume that most of them are getting paid to do paid previews. Uh, which we didn't in that case. It was just a game that we were all interested in and happened to really enjoy. So yeah, yeah. hopefully hopefully that's not uh, changed perceptions because of that instance. I think that's a, I mean, one of the reasons I enjoy both of yours a lot is because I know that I'm getting a very honest review. You know, like these are legitimate thoughts. You Even with the Fox experiment, there was a thing or two that you were like, well, this might have just been like, you know, online play problem, but I could mm-hmm. also see it being an in-person right. problem. Like you didn't, it wasn't all fluff. You're like, you're very sincere. Uh, and I, you've said it in the past, I think on your show even of like, you know, we, we don't want to have these connections with the publishers and feel beholden to them and feel yeah. like we're letting them down or, uh, you know, or you're, you're more like, the listeners, that's what's important here is giving people honest feedback uh, about what the game is and what to expect. And I think that's huge because, you know, there's games that you've been excited about and you've talked about it. And I'm just like, this is not a game for me. Like, <laughs> um, and then there's been games that I've, you know, been the other way. And I've, I think I've hit every type of like, I was excited for a game and you confirmed it. I was excited for a game and you crushed, you know, like I didn't want it anymore. (laughs) Um, So you guys have influenced a lot. And same with uh, Phil, you know, like there's been a lot of games that his is interesting right now because 
he's doing so many games that I've never heard of, you know? Like, just trying to psych you out for when the fake one, or maybe the fake one's already happened. You know? I know. Every week yeah. is fake now. <laughs> That's what I was guessing. I was like, this entire year is fake. Great. Bill's testing out his design ideas by talking about made-up games and yeah. seeing what has the most interest. Yeah. Um, well, so my last one is to be on other shows, podcasts, YouTube. I have crushed that. I think I, yeah, I'm just really happy. I've, I've gotten to do some regular things. Tim and I, we do uh, like a game night on uh, Mr. Rouse channel, which has been just an absolute blast. I get to do a monthly thing with board game grand and board game captain. Uh, and then I've just gotten to like guest on like all games, new and old, um, I think I'm going to do a stream with David, uh, Eclectic Camel. So things like that, uh, which I'm just, it feels cool. It's its cool to be able to guest on things. And I know, Tim, you've been doing that same thing. Like, uh, I, I'm actually really excited. So I'm tonight, um, I'm assuming it doesn't get canceled or whatever, but I'm going to be on the Boards Alive podcast, which I already announced on Twitter. Yeah. But that was a show that I listened to like five years ago, and I was a fan of theirs. I always enjoyed their show. So it's really exciting to be invited onto something that has legacy for me. You know, that was kind of like pre, you know. Yeah, but yeah, doing those things are so much fun, Riley. You forgot to mention you're the only um, guest host on the Board Game Hot Takes podcast with the Libertalia review. Maybe you didn't forget to mention. Maybe that was your low light. No, no. uh, (laughs) No, that was really fun, too. Uh, And I feel like I was the most critical one there, which is interesting because normally I'm not that critical of games, but... uh, yeah, I just you, yeah, you did great. You did. You took a very critical review of like exactly what we wanted to do. I was I was impressed actually because it's not something you normally do in your format, and I thought you did a great job of just kind of. Usually, in. he comes across as an illiterate monkey. Doesn't <laughs> That's because I am. I just I think until you if you don't get practice at it, it's it's easy to just get enthusiastic about something you've just played or like you know not be able to articulate you know, why you feel a certain way. And I thought Riley did a great job. And I've been listening to your, what you've been playing Wednesday, um, you know, topics yeah, I've been on there recently. Twice, and we both and those couple, there, by the way, everybody. And the, both <laughs> the, those were great. I mean, that you do it, you're, you're really good at it. So I honestly think that it's, that you've got a talent for criticism, uh, even though that's not what your, you know, day-to-day podcast topic is, but I think you're good at it. Oh, Thanks. Yeah, it feels good to be able to actually talk about games. Uh, I think that what you've been playing Wednesday and yours too. I always feel like an absolute dummy when I'm talking about it because it's so out of my realm. Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear you do too because yeah. you do great at it too. And then when I hear it back, I'm like, oh, I didn't sound as stupid as I thought I did. Uh, yeah, it's hard for me because most of mine, uh, you know, when I'm on our podcast, I'm with my co-hosts. And so it's a little bit more of a conversation where I can say something and they'll ask a question or they'll respond or they'll give me their feedback. But on that, it's like, I just have to record for seven minutes about something and I'm, I'm not good at improv and I don't want to put the effort into like making notes. Like I I talked to a couple of the other hosts on there and they're like, Oh yeah, we script it all out and we read a script before we go there. And I was like, I don't have time to do that. This is literally like a, I get done with my normal weekly podcast at 11 PM. And then I go back and record for seven minutes. And, um, and so I, it's, it's messy. And I, I, you know, over the first couple of weeks after kind of feeling the time constraint out, I think I'm getting a little bit better at it, but I also enjoy like when I listen back, I'm like, okay, you know what? That was kind of a fun, it's a little rambly, but it's, it was, at least it was like a little bit of a fun, you know, chat, I think. So I think I'm getting yeah. better at it and I'm feeling more comfortable about it. But yeah, the, the stuff is all, you know, I, I'm sure there are people that are comfortable doing all this stuff, but not, not me. This is all kind of uh, outside of my, my comfort zone. And that's kind of the fun of it too, right? Like 
being able to push yourself and try something new. The first one that I did, Star Wars Outer Rim, I had written. You did, yeah. N- sort well, no, of no, no, it's like an outline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, I had almost written a script essentially, okay. and I okay. had recorded it like three times, and I was like, this <laughs> sucks so bad. Yeah. I am just going to make this like notes now. Like, And so then I went off of it. I would start reading it, and I was like, okay, this is better. And then Wonderland's War, I was just like, no, I'm not doing that again. I am like, I am winging this thing, but I still edit it together so that I sound coherent at least. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you've been playing Wednesday has been fun. Uh, I need to actually play something so that I can talk about it now. <laughs> well, that's the only downside for me is it's fun. It, it gives me like, sometimes we'll, I try to only talk about one game in our, on the table segment on our show, but yeah. oftentimes I'm the, I play the most new games of our group. I just make time to do it. I'm, searching out new games and stuff like that. And so oftentimes there's like several things I want to talk about. And if we get to the next week and there's something new to talk about, then I forget about older ones. And so I was like, Oh man, I'm missing out on sharing my thoughts on all these games with people. And so I thought this will be a great avenue to do it. But then there are the weeks where it's a little drier and, you know, like are on the table, pull back from a week or two back. But now I'm starting to use everything up between those two podcasts. And then I've guest hosted on a couple of shows that want to talk about games like Boards Alive tonight. I'm talking about Messina 1347, which is a new, you know, newer game that I I'm using it up on that show. So I'm kind of like, oh, I'm pulling from I'm kind of spreading myself too thin here. So I got to figure out if I can make this work. Uh, do you know what you should do, Tim? Is you should just talk about a completely fake game. <laughs> I should do that. <laughs> no one would know. <laughs> no one will know. It's great. <laughs> the funny well, thing is, too, like the uh, our show format. It, you know, we we intend to talk about at least one game each at the end of the day, which would either be something we just played or something we're excited about in the future. And I'm so unexcited about anything in the future. I don't care. I don't want to know about something that's going to come out in two years. I don't care about something the publishers said you can pre-order and you'll get it in three months. I don't care until I can actually get it on the table and play it. And so I haven't had a like future take on, I think, for months on anything. So I'm, I'm kind of like stuck. I have to find something to play every week to talk about. So That makes sense. Yeah. On that note, let's talk about, I didn't tell you guys this, and I really just thought about it kind of mid or partway into recording. So, uh, you know, here we are halfway through the year, exactly halfway. So uh, what have been your highlights? What's your board game highlights? Oh, God. Did not prep us on that one. No, I did not. (laughs) And I, in uh, true Riley fashion, did not prep myself for it either. So we're on equal grounds. I guess I had more natural minutes to think really quick. I'll just mention. I mean, I've, I've gotten to meet a lot of really fun people, um, you know, playing games with you and, and Ryan and David, uh, you know, once a month is great. It's like another regular game group that I'm getting together with having a blast doing that. I've done a lot of guest episodes, you know, guest spots, which you talked about as a resolution, but that's been so much fun for me meeting Arwen, you know, getting to meet Aaron from boards alive tonight. I'm so excited about all these, you know, these new relationships I'm building. So that's been the highlight for me. And then I are two like, uh, you know, podcast cons, which we just did one this last weekend. I'm so excited that's in our rotation now. And we're all looking forward to the spring now where we do our next one. So that's, those are my highlights this year. Nice. That's, uh, yeah, I was talking about board game specific. Oh, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you said, I no, thought, no, see, but that was great. That see, was great. You say, you say, when you say board game highlights, I think like, Events. So you're talking. You're, you're asking specific no, highlights of games. Now I have to think of both. Thank you, because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> specify it well enough. Okay. Okay. No, because that was way better. You know, like both are important. So yeah. Um, but yeah, like for me, mine is 
I think getting to go and play with Chris, like, which I already talked about, like that was just incredible to be able to play a game with and sit down and chat afterwards and just kind of hang out and get to know him and his wife and his family. It was just incredible. So um, do you have one, Phil? And then we'll do the board games that we've enjoyed. <laughs> yes. I guess, yeah, no, I highlight it's, um, I guess playing with a bigger variety of people. So obviously things have changed a little bit. So it's not always just me and Mark. So sometimes it's me and the girls and sometimes it's me and Pat and Moo and um, sometimes it's brooms and just, you know, there's a different variety of stuff um, in, in games that we're playing and people that I'm playing with. So yeah, sort of keeps it fresh. Nice. Yeah. That has been kind of fun to hear on yours is, you know, that you had an episode where I think you just, you just had like a mic there. Uh, what was that? What game? And you had a group of people playing it. Somebody Munchkin. left. Munchkin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Munchkin. A that was like... the one where I used the wrong input and the sound was awful. But well done yeah. just logging through it, Randy. Well done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it was like, it was fun to hear that. It was fun to hear a group of people rather than just you and Mark. You know, you're so yeah. boring. No, no. I know. No, I'm just it. kidding. No, but it's cool <laughs> to like mix up the format every once in a while. Um, but yeah. at the same time, it like still kept to the same format. It was just... Different voices. Different voices, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, now what about the board games, the actual physical board games or digital? Okay, I'll just call out one that I think is, we've highlighted a lot recently. It's Barrage. Um, I can't remember the designer's name offhand. It's a it's an Italian design, though, and it's published by Cranio Creations, but it was a game that I was not looking forward to after I read the rule book. I thought it was going to be terrible, and I love it. And that's probably, I've got to list that one as my highlight. I had a ton of fun playing it with my group and with other groups. And uh, it was a shock. It was a surprise. It's nice to be surprised. Yeah. I had no interest in that. And now I feel like I have to play that sometime because you all love it so much. Just remember the first game is harsh. It's, it's a very mean, it has a potential to be a mean game. And if you don't know how to mitigate it, it's painful. But once you do, then it's not so painful. So first game can be rough. <laughs> And okay. Yeah, that's 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 the only warning I'd give you. If you're if you're ever gonna pull it, play it. Like if you wanted to play it sometime on Board Game Arena, I wouldn't get into an async game and just kind of run through it on your own. Like learn the rules and then get on a video call with somebody and like play through it. That that'd be yeah. a way to play it the first time. That makes sense. Phil, do you have one? Yeah, I'm gonna go for um Betrayal Legacy because so we started the campaign summer before last but then because we all live so far away um it just sort of sat gathering dust but now we're sort of closer together again we've picked the campaign back up and like seamlessly just got back into the story and it's oh, it's just so good it's, i love a legacy game and i just think this one does it really really well that's one i've always been interested in and because that rob davio episode he said that the only game that he's designed that he like actually plays is that legacy one. Cause he plays it with his kids so that he has like a, a, a copy that is made by his family type thing. Have you yeah. ever played betrayal at house on the hill, Riley? <sighs> yeah, I have. And I oh, still no. want to do like legacy. No, yeah. the first time I played it, I really enjoyed it. The next two times I played it, I didn't have as much fun. Well, I, I think it's because I think Betrayal Legacy is a lot of fun. I think the legacy elements were done so well with it. It's like it, it 
it reminds you why Rob Davio created legacy and why he, you know, people go back to him over and over again for it because I hate betrayal. It's one of my least favorite games of all time. The original, the betrayal at house on the hill. I really, really don't like it at all. It's just not my type of game. And I, I really enjoy betrayal legacy. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily going to completely change your mind on it, but I think it's, there's a lot more fun to be had in legacy than, than there is in the original game. And if you just like legacy style games, you're going to have the fun out of that for sure. That's kind of how, that's where I got the most fun for sure. I, I definitely think it would be fun. I want to do the legacy version um, just because I think there's fun stories to be told there. Yeah. And beyond that, I think the haunts are tighter, you know, like it's, mm. it's, it's more, you know, instead of the random haunts that you can get with some of them that are a complete disaster in the original version, this one, it's like a little bit more structured, I think, and, and probably better developed. And so okay. we didn't yeah. have any really problematic haunts in the legacy version. Nice. Isn't, yeah, I agree. That's a problem with the original is that some of them, you can get it and you've got no clue what's going on. You're just like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. What is this? And if you if the person who triggers it isn't someone who's overly familiar with the game or the mechanic, then it makes it so much more of a slog because you sort of, well, I can't really help you because it's secret, but I can see that you're struggling yeah. and it's, it's a bit of a conflict of interest sort of thing. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the problem I had. So we played it last Halloween with some friends uh, that ended up moving away. But and this is exactly why it's because they were sick of us of playing board games with us. <laughs> no, I, but I was the one who ended up being like the murderer type thing, right? Like, uh, and so here's me who has been teaching the game. I'm going to go leave the room so that you three can get discuss what you're going to do or yeah. what you know. Read everything. I'll read mine upstairs and then I'll come back down and then you might have questions, but I can't answer them. I could tell that most people weren't having fun. And I, and because of that, I wasn't having fun either because it was like, well, this isn't fun hunting you down. No, you know, like, <laughs> cause I know that you guys don't fully get the game yet. Well, what, what, what was your favorite game of the year, Riley? Oh, shoot. It's a good question. I'm not <laughs> you weren't prepped for this. <laughs> no, <laughs> you've been talking about it for 15 minutes. You had your time. You had I know. time. <laughs> well, I think that well, Wonderland's War for me is okay. Definitely been a favorite. Yeah, that one's. I just think that one's phenomenal, and everyone I've shown it to starts off so hesitant with it, and after the first round, it's like, yeah, this game is great. Uh, another one, though, real quick with that is that you uh the board game hot takes crew loves dune imperium and i got to play that uh some friends are like our friends showed it to us it's one of their favorite games and i played it and i was like you know it's i get why people love it but it's i don't think it's that great um i think it's okay and then the next morning i woke up and i was like still thinking about it and i was like okay all right wait you know like if i had done this instead of that Oh, like I was focused on the Bene Gesserit. What if I had focused on this? What if I had done this? What if I built this way? And like all of a sudden I just like found myself thinking more and more about it. So I bought it this last weekend. I bought it awesome. on Saturday. Um, so I I ended up like, like overall thinking about it and all the different ways it could play. I'm like, I'm really excited to try this again, even solo, because I've heard solo is actually pretty good on it too. Yeah, I if if you end up liking it, if you continue getting back to it and playing it, then for me the game even got better. Even though I already loved it with the Rise of X expansion, I think it's just fantastic. So if you like it, don't hesitate to go that direction. And I thought that's when the solo got more interesting too. I thought the solo was less interesting 
without the, the expansion. So if oh, you don't want, like, I didn't like the solo. I, it was a game I chose not to play solo with just the base game, but once the expansion's added now, I really like it again. So, um, you know, keep that in mind too. If you try it solo and you're kind of like, ah, eh, you know, it's not really a hit. Cause I, I feel like it, it got a little dry playing it a couple times solo. Um, cause you're kind of playing against the randomness of what their deck draws versus like real people thinking about mm. what you might have and making serious decisions, but X changes it up. Cause there's so many interesting strategies to pursue and it, that the bots kind of go down those paths as well. And it's really fun. So that, that's my take on it. You know, you, you could, your mileage may vary. You could go, you could feel a different way, but right. yeah. so I'm excited you're getting into it. It's definitely a number one for me. Yeah. No, oh, great. I'm uh, yeah, I'm excited to actually get it and, and get my hands on it. Well, I think you've got to go really soon, right? So we won't, let's skip ridiculous theme unless somebody has something they just want to shoot real quick. No. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Desk organization. There you go. That's it. No explanation. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, go ahead and plug your stuff. Okay, so the, I'm uh, from the Board Game Hot Takes podcast. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. And um, yeah, Twitter at BG underscore Hot Takes. Those are the two most likely places you'll hear from me if you're interested. If you don't want to hear from me, don't go to those two places. <laughs> uh, and I'm Phil from Organize Fun. Organize with an S because I'm British. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Fun Organized. Again, wherever you find podcasts, if you want to hear me and my co-host Mark talking about games that we've been playing definitely go check out both these podcasts they are my top two favorite podcasts so do it uh yeah and then you know go follow me on twitter at riled nerd you can interact with me there rate review the show all that jazz and until next time keep nerding out take care everyone bye